Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, November 2. I'm Juliet Bennett-Ryla here with Ben Berkeley, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. We all feel like the economy is in a bad place, but that's not actually what the numbers say. So why are we all feeling depressed about it and answering every financial question with, in this economy? We'll talk about that more in a moment, but first let's catch up on everything else, making headlines in the world of business and tech. Match Group, that's the company that owns Tinder, Hinge, Match, a bunch of dating sites, dropped its antitrust lawsuit against Google's App Store days before the trial was set to begin. The settlement resolves allegations that Google harmed competition with its App Store terms. WeWork shares dove 37% in pre-market trading Wednesday amid speculation that the company plans to file for bankruptcy as early as next week. LinkedIn launched new AI-powered tools for premium subscribers. The platform's AI job coach will help users with job hunting from answering questions about a company's hiring process to determining if they'd be a good fit for the role. Netflix's $7 ad-supported tier has reached 15 million global monthly active users. That's three times what it had in May and maybe a sign that it was, it was right about password sharing and cracking down on it, even though I don't, I don't appreciate it personally that it did that. And finally, an AI-generated poll asking readers to speculate on how an Australian water polo coach died was published on Microsoft Start alongside a Guardian article. This has prompted criticism from Guardian Media Group and in a lot of other people, honestly, because... Yikes. Yikes. Why would you, why would you do that? On to the main story. Apparently the American economy is fine, but we aren't, which I guess is, is news to me. We'll get, we'll get into why I feel depressed about the economy later, but, but Ben, what's the, what's the main gist here? Yeah. Let me, let me break this down. It's hard to know how to feel about the economy right now. And that's really the the thrust of this story today because the numbers Oh, well, let's just start there. The numbers that look good really do look pretty good. And this is after years that we've spent kind of being like, okay, a recession's around the corner. Things are rough. Inflation's impossible. All these different things. But this week, we've seen so many things trending in a overall good direction where, okay, so the economy, it's growing. You know, last quarter, the GDP expanded 4.9%, which was more than double what it had done the past quarter, which maybe too fast, which is, you would argue, maybe a good problem to have in some level. Median household wealth also way up. We saw that the average family's net worth in this country topped $1 million for the first time, which again, pretty nice indicator that like things are generally going okay, at least for some. Hiring was up, layoffs were down in the last, last month's report. Unemployment rate has been pretty steady around just under 4%, which is generally considered solid. Interest rates are not going to go up yet again. That's something that the Federal Reserve announced yesterday with, you know, inflation is falling significantly. And so they decided against raising rates again. So all of this kind of paints this picture that the economy, generally speaking, 
is looking okay by a lot of like kind of typical indicators. And yet people are not feeling great about it. So where we're really starting from is let's look at the University of Michigan puts together a consumer sentiment index. Uh-huh. And right now, it kind of, if you kind of went based on that and mapped it over time, it would look like you would just kind of assume, okay, we're in a recession right now because it feels like dark economic times when you're looking at how people are feeling about the economy. And so let's talk about why this is the case. Why, why when the economy's generally going well, are people feeling crummy about it? This is something that the Wall Street Journal's chief economics commentator, Greg Ipp, was taking on. And he's he kind of offered a couple of theories here. So one is that this negative reaction to the economy is a lagging response to inflation. Now, wages are still catching up to prices and we are seeing, you know, areas that we like really feel that like really drive our feelings like the grocery store, gas stations. You're still kind of feeling the, the pain, you know, at the pump or at the register on, right. at those places. So that's one possibility. Politics, unsurprisingly, is is a factor here. You know, let's look at 57% of Republicans said that their personal finances were excellent or good, but there's a Democrat in the White House. And as is typically the case, when one party is not in power, they're going to say the economy, everything kind of feels like it sucks. And so only 5% of Republicans said the economy is excellent or good, despite 57% of them personally feeling like it's working for them. So that's something to look at as well. And then there's just this theory that that it suggested, which is this is just kind of the economy as a reflection of our overall feelings about how America's going. And so I think there are a couple of things that, you know, as we're looking at the story, maybe a couple other things that we might add to this equation. Right. Um, I think when I think about the economy, I generally feel not great about it. Numbers aside, because when I look around at my community of people, being in Los Angeles means a lot of people I know have been out of work for over 100 days because they're in the Actors Guild or they were in the Writers Guild or they're a part of neither guild, but their projects are still on hold and they haven't worked in X amount of time and they're afraid of what's going to happen next. Is this ever going to be resolved? Is this project going to get canceled? Do I have to go do something else? Like, I mean, I know people who have spent years being an animator and now they're going to go drive for Uber. Like it's, you know, it it just feels very dicey here. And then I think a lot of people who are, you know, our age and their thirties are still covering, are still recovering from the recession. And to us, the economy doesn't feel good because unlike the generations before us, we don't have homes. We don't have like a solid retirement plan. So I think it's hard for people to feel optimistic when the world looks so much different than it did for their parents and their grandparents. I think that's exactly right. And like, I think there is this disconnect naturally between say the people who are talking about how the economy is going versus the people who are living the economy day to day. Mm -hmm. If you're just trying to survive and we're looking at them right now, 62% of American adults are living paycheck to paycheck if you're just getting by, you're typically not going to feel like the economy is working for you. It's clearly working for a lot of people. It's clearly not working for a lot of people. And I think that you also hit the nail on the head. Something that we would add as kind of a potential reason for this disconnect is 
is that retirement aspect. Like it feels <laughs> like there's, it doesn't feel like there's an end in sight to the status quo where like, you know, it's great that unemployment is low, but if you have a job and then you look at that job and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to wake up and do this every day until I'm dead. That's pretty deflating that if that's really, you know, sentiment is going to go down. And this is like, I think, 88 percent of millennials, 91 uh-huh. percent of Gen Xers, 86 percent of baby boomers. They're having problems saying they're having problems with retirement savings. And those may be people who are doing okay right now, but it's really hard to feel good about an economy where it still feels really hard to get ahead. And so I think that that's something that we're seeing here. And also to your point, younger generations are just, you know, we've, we've covered this before and we'll cover it again with like pricing of starter homes is brutal college costs and then the debt that follows childcare right. costs. These are just so high that it's just, Right. This is this feel these feelings faster and it feels really bad. And these are your life milestones, you know, going to college, getting a job, getting married, buying a house, having a child. Those are your milestones when those become unattainable and everybody's living so much differently than the way people did before. I think, yeah, it's hard to feel. I should feel optimistic. There was I don't know if you saw this. I think it was a TikTok initially, a young woman who had just gotten her first job and she was just like, oh my God, this is the rest of my life. She was like crying because she was like, I have to work 40 hours a week. I got to commute back and forth. I got to make food. I got to clean my house. I got to do all these things. Like this sucks. This, this is my life. And some people were making fun of her because they're like, wow, poor baby has to get a job like everybody else. But I don't know. I, I felt like I related. I was like, yeah, you know what? It does kind of suck. This is this is not a Star Trek world. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. It does suck. <laughs> you know, when you feel like, I work all the time, but I'm not getting ahead in the ways that I thought I was going to get ahead. I still live in a little apartment. I still can't afford a trip to Italy or, or you know, whatever it is you thought you were going to achieve as an adult. And it, and it feels so far away. Yeah, I think I think that's perfectly put. It's like when your expectations are not showing up in reality, it makes a lot of sense why people are not feeling good about the economy in this moment. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with 
performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>